What's up, everybody? This is Grant, that cause artist. Welcome to episode 38 of the Disruptors for Good podcast. Today, we are speaking with uh, Roberto Milk, the co-founder and CEO of Novica. And Novica, you may have heard of. It's the largest impact marketplace in the world for artisans. Uh, to date, they've helped send nearly $100 million to global artisans around the world for their work. Um, so you can see the power of, of what their customer customer is doing. It's uh, it's pretty incredible. And uh, we talk about a ton of things of, of how the company got started two decades ago. So they've been sort of in the the impact space and, and sort of finding ways to find creative ways for people living in extreme poverty and poverty around the world to get into the global economy. Um, and they do that through this their impact marketplace. Pretty much the Amazon for artisans is is a good way to look at it. <laughs> it's a it's a pretty incredible story of of how you know one little thing here, one little thing there, really keep one partnership there, right? Keeps growing and growing and growing. Um, they work with National Geographic and, and Kiva to also provide loans for artisans at a very 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 low interest rate, and nearly a hundred percent of those loans have have been paid back on a regular basis. It's just really an amazing sort of triple bottom line business platform and a technology platform that has enabled not only for customers to buy um, products, but also for these artisans to go into these global hubs that Novica has set up in eight different regions, um, eight different countries where artisans can go in and get photographs taken of the products, shoot some video content or write and tell their story and get it sort of published on Novica's site. So these little hubs to me are really where Novica separates itself from, you know, marketplaces that there's tons of sort of marketplaces out there, but none at the global reach that they have and the services that they can provide to people, you know, living without any electricity, right? Or, or, or clean water, right? But they can go to a Novica hub and, and get their business up and running essentially, right? And provide for their family and lift themselves up out of poverty and extreme poverty. So it's it's really phenomenal sort of two decade run that that they have been on. Like I said, they just hit this about to hit this hundred million dollar uh, mark that they have sent to artisans around the world through their customers purchasing their products and their goal is to hit a billion dollars sent to global artisans around the world. They're gonna go into places like Germany. They're working with the government of Haiti to figure out um, how they can expand these hubs to areas that that really need it and that have immensely creative people there. So it's fascinating. It really is just a an awesome look at, at how over two decades things can develop and <laughs> you keep going and if you follow your passion, if you have good people and a good team, you can really build something pretty profound. So on a uh, side note, I'm taking nominations now for the nonprofit founders to watch for in 2020. The social entrepreneurs to watch for in 2020 list always does amazing Thank you everybody for sharing that and promoting it because it does great um, every year. And I'm gonna start to do this. I did the nonprofit uh, founders list last year for 2019, and I'm gonna do it again for 2020 because it's just I think it's uh, we need to represent uh, founders in the uh, nonprofit sector as well because there's some really innovative things coming from nonprofit leaders that I think need to be uh, showcased a little bit. Um, so open in nominations if you want to send. A person you feel like uh, is doing some innovative things in a nonprofit space that they founded, 
um, let me know, grant at causeartist.com. Just send me their name and bio. And if you yourself want to nominate yourself, by all means, just send over some info about it and uh, get the nomination process going. I think I'll leave it open for about two weeks. I have a good 10 months of uh, circulating that that post around so people can really look at who are some of the up-and-comers in, in the nonprofit space and, and doing some innovative stuff. Um, so as always, uh, thank you again. Um, if you have any questions or uh, <laughs> requests, just hit me up, uh, grant at causeartist.com or obviously any social media at causeartist. Um, it's on pretty much every platform. But uh, yeah, hope you guys have a great week. Enjoy the interview with Roberto. Thanks. Usually, like to start these is about a person's journey on uh, you know how they get to to where they are, and yours has been has been pretty uh, long and eventful. There's there's been <laughs> a lot of things that have been interesting. It looks like that have inspired you to, along the way. So let's talk a little bit about like the early days. Maybe maybe around Stanford. You want to start there, or, or feel free to start before that. So I think in a lot of ways. Uh, Navika is a, just a result of of all these childhood experiences that I had, and then layering mm-hmm. that layering into the uh, college experiences. But definitely the childhood experiences. And uh, uh, both my parents are teachers. My dad is a professor. My mom was a bilingual kindergarten teacher. <laughs> and, um, and so we would have these long summers, and they would just grab us kids and throw us in a van. And we would just uh, take off and, and they loved to go. We were uh, growing up in San Antonio, Texas. <laughs> so we would head down to Mexico and, and um, we would, my dad would be like, okay, where do you want to go tomorrow? And we would, we'd have maps and we'd figure it out. And, <laughs> and your dad was in the Peace Corps, correct? Is yeah. that, that's what I was reading? Yeah. yeah. yeah so that had yeah. to be yeah. some interesting stories and some interesting sort of inspiration that, that came from him at having a male figure that, that kind of goes through that. It's hard not to install that in, in your kids in some way. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? And he got it from his father and his mother, uh, who were both missionaries. Oh, wow. And they grew up in Cuba. He lived his first uh, 16 years in Cuba. And um, and then so he always had it in him. And then when he had a chance to get into the Peace Corps, he went out to Peru. And he was uh, his his mission was to teach the new math. <laughs> and uh, and that's where he met my mom. She was a teacher in Peru and in the north of Peru in a, in a, in a place called Piura. And um, and they met. And so that's that's where that's where my life started. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> <laughs> did he uh, did he ever um, convince you to try to go into the Peace Corps or was that just something that you kind of want to do? A couple of different things. You know, I would love to have gone to the Peace Corps. He he taught his stories were really great and. Um, and so he, you know, he was, he was very much, I mean, we were indoctrinated with that whole way of looking at the world, like what, like mm-hmm. basically from a lens of what can I do um, to help others? And what am I here to do um, with my life? And uh, how can I have the most impactful life I can, I can have? And so he, he really, it was funny how he was, and he never preached. He just, he just showed by example. He just, you know, you just learned by watching him and seeing how he interacted with people how good of a person he is. Um, so, so definitely like the mentorship of my dad, it's like, it's, it's a blessing. So when people ask you sort of what Novica is, how do you, how do you explain it to them? Because it's, there's so many things going on with it, right? But I'm yeah. sure there's sort of yeah. some core values yeah. and missions behind it. So how do, how do you explain it to people when, when they ask or when you want to tell them? <laughs> Well, you know what, in, in a kind of a simple way, we represent artisans all over the world. 
and we give them a platform for them to sell and and be successful, you know, selling their goods. And what we wanted to do from the very beginning is reinvent the system because the classic system mm -hmm. didn't work for artists. It was one where, you know, it's hard to find an artist. You know, they're usually nameless, faceless, like it's mm -hmm. middlemen. There's multiple layers of middlemen and they hide the artist. And so for us, we were like, hey, let's find the artists. Let's give them a platform. Let's let them, you know, basically manage their inventory and set their own prices and give them a place where they can go through our regional offices where they can get things photographed and get things uploaded. And then we basically take care of all, all they have to do is just make great items and we take care of all the rest. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the, that's the simple way to look at it is we're a platform for artists. Um, and then, yeah, then we're a lot more than that too. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, go into a little bit more of that because I mean, the impact behind what you guys have done over the last two decades is, is pretty immense. So I, I kind of want to give people a, a really clear idea of ACT has been like. Yeah. Um, so can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what we do is everything we're all about is the artisan, right? And mm -hmm. so when we were figuring out, like, how do we, how do we get the artist access to capital? Mm -hmm. And we went out and we talked to local banks and we said, hey, look, we can we can provide a guarantee. And the banks were just like, OK, yeah, maybe we'll lend to the artists at 30 percent interest rates. <laughs> so we're like, this is yeah, right, right. ridiculous. And so then we ended up partnering with Kiva. Um, well, originally, we just okay. did it ourselves. We said, you know what? So our customers, they're just going to they're, they're they're interested in helping our artisans. They'll just they'll lend money to the artists directly and there will be no interest mm. rate. And the artists were just they're so happy about that. And so, and someone would put a loan up and they would take about two to three weeks to, to, to fill the loan, right? One of our artists. Mm -hmm. And then we partnered yep. with Kiva and Kiva has been just another godsend because they, when an artist puts a, a loan up, then they get funded so quickly. And it's been a great partnership. Um, and so, so many of our, we provide that, we just, we're like a conduit, we're pass-through. So um, they get, the artists get the 0% interest uh, financing and they can grow their business. And um, some of them are able to hire people and build out workshops. And it's really, really empowering, not just for the artists, but also for the community. And so that's kind of the larger, and we started thinking about ourselves as, okay, so we're empowering artists, we're preserving culture, and, and we're, we're providing impact to communities, right? So those were kind of, that was our mantra. It was empower, preserve, and impact. And then we said, you know what, we're, let's take that a step further. And we're basically just spreading happiness. And let's try mm -hmm. to spread, spread as much happiness to customers and to artisans as we can. And that became the new, the new mission that we've, we've basically just carried out and, um, and have grown the company. And we're right now really close to $100 million in, in um, funding to artists um, so that's a, a, a big milestone that we're about to hit and we're pretty excited about that. And is that through, through sales from the marketplace or also loans through Kiva? Is it a combination of things or is it just yeah. sales? Yeah, that's, that's just sales because what we don't consider the loans, um, funding because the mm -hmm. artists are paying those back. Sure. And we have almost close to 100% repayment rate from the artists. So they're amazing. They're getting the loans. They're using the the funds and then they're paying the loans back and then they're getting and then that and then they get bigger and bigger loans. It's so cool how that works. So they can start with like three, four, five hundred dollars, and then over time it grows to like some of our bigger loans right now are five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars for artists. Um, but that's almost a hundred percent repayment rate, and that doesn't go into the count counting for the um for the funding to artists. So that that's that's actual in pocket funds for artists. 
that that hundred man. I want to go back to the early days for a little bit because I think that it's probably a much simpler time to be in now. And maybe I could be totally wrong, but if we're thinking 2002, 2003, you know, technology really wasn't at a place where it was now. How was the early days of like the so-called marketplace? Does it look vastly different than it is now just because technology has changed so much that there's got to be some things that are much easier now? Yeah, no, it's much easier now. It was really <laughs> back then. It was so hard, you know, and there was like a massive distrust of the internet in general mm, uh, by our right. communities. So they were just like, what is, no, 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 we don't want to do that. And they felt like the digital divide was really felt in a lot of yeah. our countries um, by a lot of artisans. They felt completely excluded from technology. And, and it's interesting how through our platform, they just felt so connected and it really bridged the digital divide in a lot of ways. And um, so many artists were like, oh yeah, one of my kids got a computer or I'm, I'm now tracking this stuff on my <laughs> phone or, you know, it's just like really um, an acceptance of, of that versus a fear. And also they just love to read their artist testimonials and their, and their customer reviews and all that stuff. And so um, all of that is way easier now because it's more of a networked world. I don't know if it's a better world being more networked or not. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. I like, I, I love, you know, I romanticize on those, the older days where, you know, things were more, uh, less globalized, I guess. Um, but, um, but no, it's, it's definitely easier. And, um, and, and we see tons and tons of opportunity, like just, just with bandwidth. Um, in the future. Mm -hmm. Right now, each of our regions, they have journalists and they've got people covering artist stories and we're doing video, but we can imagine a future where we're broadcasting live from the regions and our artists are coming in. And we did some Facebook lives from artist studios over the summer that, they were, that was like, wow, this is pretty cool. We're just broadcasting yeah, awesome. live and people can buy the items live as the artist is making them. You know, and so that's uh, awesome. That was, that was really fun. Yeah, we could see a future where that kind of stuff comes into play a lot more too. It's like, Home Shopping Network, but with better yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally, yeah. You, you in places where, like, the, one of the places we were shooting, they didn't have electricity. And so mm -hmm. and we were on a mobile network. I'm like, well, there's no Wi-Fi oh, here. Wow. Is this going to be enough for, and then they're like, no, 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 we're getting live stream. 4G. Yeah, I think they were crazy. getting 4G or 3G there. And it, it worked on the live stream. It was pretty awesome. It was really cool. When it was the early days, what were some of the first countries that you guys found artisans in? Was there was there something happened where like was it a relative or something that, that said, Hey, I think there's some really cool artisans in, in Mexico or Guatemala or like Thailand or something? How was how was it to even get the first artisans on board yeah. with, with an idea like this? Yeah, yeah. No, it was totally that way. It was totally that way. <laughs> it was like everybody that we knew like like uh well, so the founding group, we were from all over the place. Like, you know, I had my family um, on my mom's side was all in Peru. So Peru for sure was an easy one because we had tons of family there and I had worked there and everything. And then my wife's Brazilian and my mother-in-law's Brazilian. She's one of the co-founders too. She was with the United Nations for many, many years. And she's got her own so inter super interesting story where she's an eat, pray, love and all this other stuff. But so, so <laughs> my brother-in-law started the, um, the Brazil office. His name's Fabio. He did, he was just, he kicked ass in the beginning. He was so good. And, um, and then we had people just like from all of our contact groups. So, um, my roommate, um, from college, he was with BCG in Mexico and left BCG to start the Mexico office out of the, um, the garage of his grandma's house. And, um, wow. I have a friend that was in investment banking and I was like, 
she's from Ghana and I was like Mildred who do you know in Ghana she's like I know this this guy who's friends <laughs> with my cousin <laughs> and so then she set us up with someone in West Africa and we got going there so it was a lot through our friend and and relative networks and um and also identifying um areas of the world where there's a lot of really good handcrafted items so we knew for sure mm-hmm. we had to be in Bali. We knew for sure we had to be in India. We had to be in Southeast Asia, like in Thailand. Uh, you know, so there were there was like Central America. There were must must uh, represent um, areas of the world. And um, and so yeah, but it was it was very much you know through our friends, and uh, we really made it happen that way too. <laughs> what are some of the? I'm sure over the years there's been some some really cool like I mean I don't know if the the word to use is like success stories, but I mean stories where you know, the platform has really changed like a family's life, right? And yeah, maybe yeah, changed a whole yeah, generation and yeah. uplift people from, you know, going to extreme poverty to just poverty yeah, is a pretty yeah, big leap. You yeah, know, it's a pretty big deal yeah, for a person. Yeah, 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 no, for sure. I mean, we have thousands of those stories. They're, they're great. And, and we have a, there's a section in our blog called Artist Stories. Um, and those mm-hmm. it's just is filled with really impactful motivational stories of artists and almost everything's first person our artists tell their own stories and um and it's it's inspirational i mean there's there's a story that i was just reading the other day about balvina who i've met um a bunch of times her name is balvina waitaya she's from peru and i met her a bunch of times Mm -hmm. and i didn't know she had this backstory it was just so interesting but she her and her family escaped um the terrorism in peru in the highlands and, Mm -hmm. and went to went to um lima um, where they they live in a and it's uh, in Spanish it's called a pueblo joven it's like a like a shanty town I guess you could translate that to yep. but it's kind of like a new construction but where people don't quite own the property and they're they're um, they're getting property rights and there's a movement to to obtain property rights that way but anyways it, it, um, the place where she's at is is called Pamplona and um, and she has not only succeeded with us but but she's now teaching classes to a, right. a a big group of young women and training them on the on on how to make these folk art figurines. They're really really beautiful um, figurines. We call them arpilleria um, figures, and um, and she's got all this modern twist on it too. Her products are really interesting. But so she's really turned her life around and and taken it the next step where she's inspiring others and and helping others and training others. And I always love those stories because I feel like. There really is in our in our space. There really is kind of this this um, pay it forward mentality, where when when artists are are impacted in a really positive way through our platform, they go and they tell others, and they they, right. um, they can't wait to share it. Sometimes they don't share it with people in the same industry, like a, a rug, <laughs> like an like an artist sure. that makes rugs may not bring a whole bunch of other rug makers on, but he'll bring <laughs> carvers and jewelry makers and other stuff. You know, just, just <laughs> you, 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 you spoke about uh, regional offices. I think that's such an interesting idea. Now that I, I'm sure there's just some regional offices, not all, where artisans can come in and, and get photo, like professional photos. They, it's kind of like what Airbnb did a little bit early on where they brought really good professional photography to people's homes to take really nice pictures. Cause what they saw was, you know, the pictures that the, just people were taking of their apartments or their, their homes or something. Right. And it's like, it's not really good for our platform to have, you know, bad photos where you have a nice place. And, you know, so I thought that was a really interesting idea, something like they did. And that seemed a bit similar like what this is is that you're kind of bringing services and professionalism to a person that you know can't do that out of their own home right they don't have like yeah, a dslr yeah. camera or some yeah. stuff like that so that's a really yeah. interesting idea and yeah. is it how many regional offices are there now 
we have eight eight regional offices so around the world and and they're they're, they're it's kind of like what you're talking about where where the artists can just come in and it's like it's like wow this is so professional and um mm-hmm. and we really have this mentality where we're we're servicing our customers of course we do everything we can to make the customers happy but we're also servicing our artisans as customers so we want the artisan to be super super happy and to have this incredible experience you know one of the kind of sad things about our our market is that our artisans who to us are their heroes you know in in many mm-hmm. of the countries where we're from are the artisans aren't treated the way they should be treated like they're treated in many ways like second class citizens and it really upsets me and i think that was part of you know what was deep down in terms of the um the founding story what was deep down in terms of observations uh when i was a kid mm-hmm. traveling around and seeing how artists were so talented and so mistreated in so many ways in terms of economics in terms of just um their place and their pride and and how valuable what they're doing you know preserving cultural legacy and um and right. yet you know struggling struggling so much to make a living and so by us providing this top class service for them it's just really it's really fulfilling right and the artist just loves it they're treated the way they should be treated you know they come and they're they are so talented they should be they should be treated like an artist you know and um and that's how they're and that's basically how they're treated and yeah so we we solve a lot of those issues we we get their stuff photographed the logistics stuff is super hard you know like if you were to try to send yeah. stuff out of one of our countries um you know it's just really hard and there's duties and there's this and there's that and so we consolidate all those. We take care of all of that. And then there's the quality control. So, oh, so you all do all the, all the yeah. fulfillment, everything too? Yeah, we wow. do all of that. It's all, all the items are in, in our possession. Um, everything that there's like 70,000 plus items on the, on the site. Mm-hmm. And they're all in our possession. Wow. They've been quality control checked. They're certified. And so we do all of that. And then the, um, the packages come really nicely wrapped and all this other stuff, that, all the little extras that we put in. But yeah, we, 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 um, we knew we had to do that. Um, to basically solve all that stuff for artists, they could just focus on on making really nice items of the highest quality mm-hmm. and charging more for them than they typically charge right. locally. You know, it's like, well, no, we want you to charge more, but make better quality, make quality that the customers are going to floor them with this quality. They're going to be like, wow, this is incredible. I want to give these as gifts. And so, right. Um, so yeah, that's and that that's basically at the very foundation to to why we've been successful for so many years. It's because of the um, the artists are treated in such a way that they're motivated to to make the best possible items and to succeed. Yeah, you talk about the the longevity. I think that's such a that's I mean that in itself, you know, to be around for 20 years now, a little over 20 years. I mean, there's so many companies and marketplaces that come and go and it's 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 such an impressive feat to be especially in a world with Etsy, eBay, Amazon, you know, there's tons and tons and tons of marketplaces out there. But I think taking the effort of doing these like personalizing, having interactions with these regional offices is, is such a, it's such an interesting concept that I don't know any other company in the world that does stuff like that for, you know, individuals living in, you know, Uganda, right. Or Peru, mm-hmm. there, there's yeah. just nothing out yeah. there like it. It's yeah. such a, it's such an interesting concept. Um, but how, how was the maturation the early yeah. days until now, yeah. but there had to be so much mature maturity that happened within the business. Yeah. You know, it's interesting how, so when we started, we were thinking the good news is we were thinking very big from the beginning and we got a few uh, nice breaks early on. So we, we um, ended up doing a deal early on with national geographic, which was really nice. important for I remember us. That. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Really key. 
So they came on board and they were just, they've been just great partners over the years. And then um, we also uh, worked with the World Bank and the IFC early on, and they helped fund a lot of our operations. And that was also very important Mm -hmm. um, because they gave us this kind of international uh, platform um, from a finance standpoint uh, to help open offices and do all of that. So that was really helpful. We ended up raising a pretty significant amount of capital early on to build the the infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And then, and then over the years, we've just been building and building. Um, So it's uh, very much, you know, in our space, it's a lot of, there's a lot of blocking and tackling, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, it's, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things. There's always like challenges to solve even today, you know? So there's just uh, logistical issues and all these other things that are, they kind of get in involved with selling handcrafted goods. I mean, cause hand, handmade items, they, they span so many different product categories. I mean, we have everything from carvings to chess sets, to jewelry, to apparel. And so, and, and across all these uh, categories, there's rules and regulations and all this other stuff. And so it's always a challenge, you know, getting something from uh, Ghana into the States um, or into Europe. We're just launching our, our uh, Germany uh, effort uh, this year. And so, so it's always, there's always something challenging to it, but we, we, we definitely see like the hundred million to artists milestone as a big milestone. Mm-hmm. And we have our eyes set on a billion. So it's like, okay, all right, team, let's make this happen. Let's just take this and keep scaling. It. <laughs> yeah. And is yeah. that just getting into, is that just getting into more and more countries? Yeah, more countries working with more artisans and then also doing more. We have really cool partnerships. Like we, we're working with UNICEF and we're working with Kiva and some others where there's like a Kiva store and there's a UNICEF market. And so uh, working with more nonprofits and, and like-minded organizations nice. um, to power some of their stores as well. Interesting. So you almost kind of like kind of white label a platform and kind of branding on it to where you can you can now license the technology almost, right? And kind of have yeah. it live across bunch of different domain names yeah in yeah exactly. different countries. exactly that exactly that yeah so if anyone listening is like they're involved with a nonprofit um or an organization that maybe has a small store online they can plug in with us and we can power their store with um, a bunch of artisan goods that meet their that fit their brand you know so um and that's 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 the evolution for our impact marketplace so people yep. can shop for they can shop around certain causes um like they can purchase from from um, cancer survivors or they can purchase from um, mothers or fathers or seniors or, you know, there's all kinds of, if you look at the uh, um, cause dropdown, um, there's all kinds of um, causes that people can, that are in, that people get inspired by or that they're closer to their heart that they can shop around. Um, and the artist stories, each of the artists that are they're chosen to represent those causes, there's really, um, really powerful stories in each of those um, artists. Yeah, I see right now it's uh, it's uh, Australia, the Red Cross from for Australia is sort of the cause. Yeah, that's week. our cause for the week. Yeah. So does it is it part of what people purchase go to if you purchase something this week, it goes to Red Cross Australia? Yeah, like so a percentage of so there's a cause of the so there's um, um highlighted items where 25% of the item sales they go to the Australian gotcha. Red Cross. Yeah, and then um and then around you can also see some of the other causes there like like microcredit borrowers and conservation and education and working with disabilities um but yeah so every week we have a new cause um and we'll highlight the cause and and um and they get they get featured in our social media channels and and on the website and this week just because of everything that's happening in australia right now with the bushfires and everything it's just mm-hmm. the clear cause and it's that through one sure. of our partners, intrepid travel um, they're, yep. they're up with them. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the United States and maybe is there a place for something 
like this model, could it exist in America, right? In, yeah. you know, yeah. the inner cities and think, you know, Baltimore, New Orleans, yeah. East St. Louis, like a lot of areas where opportunity is not, is not sort of the same. But yeah. the one thing about creativity and art is that it doesn't have any borders. It doesn't matter what economic status you are, right? What religion or race you are. If you're talented, there should be the ability for you to show that talent, right? And I think that there should be no different than a kid in inner city New Orleans versus a kid in, you know, Uganda, right? Like yeah, yeah, for Peru, sure. or Peru or Nicaragua. Like, what, is there an opportunity where this technology and the platform can be used for, you know, youth in America or even, you know, yeah. older members of society yeah. that creative as well? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, no, we, that's been on the, on, on deck for, for quite a while. We've been wanting to do it. And um, what we offer is a little less compelling in the States than it is in, in where we operate right now, because sure. people have access to, to um, online sites like Etsy or eBay or whatever. Right. And so they can, they can sure. kind of do it themselves, but there's a lot of times where people don't want to do that themselves. You know, they just want, they, they want you. They I want totally, you that's what I mean. That's what I, I, that's what I'm thinking, I mean, yeah, you could do it, but guess what? You're still slapping labels and shipping. Yeah, and yeah answering customer I'm thinking questions. Of these, and, you know. I mean, these, these, these hubs and regional offices, to me, that is what is, uh, is the selling point, right? For somebody to say, all I have to do is create and bring it to you, you know, or, or mail everything to you. And then you yeah. do it for, like, to me, that's where... I think the power is in uh, empowering, you know, artisans from not only around the world, but here in the United States too. I think that's a service yeah. that is profound anywhere. Yeah, we're on it. We just, we, we, it's been on the list and we just haven't prioritized. And, you know, we're thinking about um, working with a, um, with a foundation, you know, to help us get it started in the States because it'd be way more expensive to get it started in the States too. Sure. But, uh, yeah. but we definitely, we want to do it and we want to, because we, we would want to mimic the same because the service that we offer internationally is just like a wow service. We'd want to we want to kind yeah. of be at that level here in the states too, and um and so we're gonna we're we're gonna try to do that this year. So stay tuned. <laughs> and um and there's also <laughs> there's a Native American tribe that we want to partner with. So we would we would do it with it would be available for any artist in the states basically, but also we want to have a particular focus in with um with uh with with Native American tribes, um because that's kind of more in our in 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 the our fo- focus area and um but no man inner city art outsider art like for me art that has meaning is so much more powerful i mean otherwise it's just art for art's sake has never been like something that i've been into for example so right. if like someone right. struggled and they made something and it somehow encapsulates their struggle like they've got some of that inspiration in there man that is so powerful that is so that's the kind of stuff yeah. that that I want to support. And I want to, that's the kind of stories that I want to, I, I have that on my wall. You know, that's like, that's what, that's what <laughs> yeah. you, are. you know, that's what it's got meaning, you know, it means something. And so that's, yeah. that's, you've got that all over the States. You're right. I mean, it's like, you don't have to look very far. You've got it right here in the States, you know, all the struggles here. And so we just, I, I really feel like we're going to get there. So, so uh, when yeah. we do, let's see if you can promote us on that. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, no, hundred yeah. percent. I, I, yeah. I love the, I love the, uh, I love it. the hardest thing to do sometimes is build a platform. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. building the technology infrastructure is some, is usually the hardest thing to do. Once you kind of, and then that's always move has moving parts too, right? It's never perfect, but 
that's a that's a once you have that, you can offer that to people at a very low cost, and then they can just you know be creative and produce stuff themselves. I think that's what I think that's what changes the game, and, and that sort of just hasn't been available right before. Yeah, you know, not, just, especially not in our space. Like, there's some stuff where like you list on eBay and you go and you can drop it off, and that that is it's like so it's not really our sure, but it's still yeah. it's not like personable though right like yeah, yeah. ebay totally. like it's not yeah. there's not really a person there like there's not i mean you can have a profile pic if you want but really nobody it, it seems very anonymous right it, yeah. It, it, yeah. it's not like you know i can buy from from somebody in this region like if i'm from this city i can buy from people in this city that yeah. made this city that you know like i think that's and that person yeah. doesn't have to start like a company to do it right yeah. which yeah you know that's a barrier to entry that some people just can't do yeah, no, you're totally right. I mean, the other thing that we do is we, we we somewhat curate it. So we want to work with the best artists. And when so we accept right now one out of three. And then okay. when the two out of three that don't make it in the system, then we tell them exactly why. We're like, well, you know what? This quality isn't quite there. Um, come back in six months and keep working on this. And then and so basically they'll they'll come back and often artists that won't make it in the first time, they'll make it in the second or third time. And, um, and that way we, we set a certain uh, quality standard that all the artists, it's almost like the world cup for, for arts and crafts, like the best, no of the way, best yeah. you know, handmade <laughs> items. It's like, you know, Brazil versus Peru versus, you know, Mexico. And so like, um, so it's like the best of the best. And, and, um, and so I think when we, we do us, we just will also be looking for, you know, like in, in the different, basically as a customer, you can buy anything from the site, you know, it's going to be good. So, yeah. And what's cool is we have a very big international buying base. I bet we would have people, you know, from all over the world buying from American artists. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I would imagine because most Americans have another culture, right? In them. Yeah. It's, America is we're the belt necessarily belt. like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're not a yeah. America. Yeah. We're not a people. We, we yeah. all have something else in us. So yeah. it would be, it would probably you know, it'd be an American artist, but there would be American culture, a modern way to put history from that person in, into art. So there would be some cool, there'd be some, some amazing stuff that, that come out of it, of course. I think that would be our focus is really the cultural, the cultural angles and telling these stories, these stories that, that, that don't get told enough. They're just not, they're, they're stories. I mean, they get told through music. I think music is right now yep. the way that a mm-hmm. lot of stories get told in the state, in the U.S., right? So you've got like, you've got inner city voices coming out through music and you've got like, so you, you hear it, but you don't see it like in the, in art, it's harder to, it's harder to find it, you know? So yeah, yeah I think it'd be awesome. The, we were talking about the uh, people sort of maybe not making it right the first time. What is that, what's that process look like when an artisan, do they literally like send you something, right? Do they apply? Do they have to have a computer apply there? Do they bring something in the regional office? Do they mail you something? What's the process of like yeah. onboarding somebody? Yeah, it's, it's one or the other. It's either they're either they're sending it in um, by like WhatsApp or or by um, by mail. Sure. Yeah, or they're going physically to the artist to the office, and usually it's an in person the first time, you know. And so and then they're they're presenting it, and then they're they're either getting, you know, they're getting in, and it's like a big day. It's like awesome. All right, pass over to the photo. Get your tell us your bio. Give us your story. We're gonna record you, record you and take pictures, and we'll get all your stuff up. Or, or it's it's not that, and it's kind of a bummer for them. That's the hard part, you know. Then it's like, okay, we'll, right. we'll keep on this, and and um and we'll uh 
we'll, we'll keep you in mind for the future. And that, you know, that's, that's kind of the, that, that, that's the way we've grown it. And, and actually it becomes, it's funny because at the beginning I was like, no, let's accept everybody, you know, <laughs> because sure. yeah, absolutely. Gotta, everybody's got to make it, you know, it's like, like you know, who, who am I to say, no, <laughs> I can't make this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but ended up becoming kind of bigger in our regional offices because it was exclusive. So artists know that if they're working with us or an artist that's working with us, it's because they're top of the game. And so, and they others yeah. want to work with us. It's like, it's like they're, I'm not going to say pro all the pros, but it's also, it's like, if you're in sports, it's like semi-pro, like your, your club semi-pro, you know, sure. you're like, you're serious, yeah. you're a contender, you know, you've got, yeah. you've, got yeah. game. Yeah. you've got some game basically, you know, if you're with us, you know, and it's like, they're, they're pretty good at what they do. I know there was sort of a, a group of, of founders that, that started Novico, where has everybody sort of ended still involved in the, in the platform in the company or, or some people went their separate ways or is everybody sort of involved in some way or, or another? Yeah. So um, of the, of the initial uh, founding group, um, everyone's still involved and, um, and that's wow. been awesome. It's just been, been an awesome journey yeah. with friends and family and, and people that were involved. It's just we're really lucky that way. And then we also have, kind of um, others that were involved early on, uh, like my brother-in-law, Fabio, who's still somewhat involved as kind of an ambassador in the Brazil region. And yeah. you know, my cousin Eduardo, who is like, he started in Peru out of, out of his, um, his garage. And he, he was, you know, phenomenal in the early days and he's moved on. But of the, of the, um, of the management team, the founding management team, everyone's still involved. It's pretty awesome. What does it take to get a regional office, right? Like the, do you guys speak with with governments or, or people in government countries who say, "Hey, this would be great for for Haiti, right, or for yeah, yeah. You know, Zimbabwe or something like that?" Yeah. yeah. How does that process go in discovering yeah. kind of new areas to put one of those offices? Yeah, in it's exactly it's exactly that. Just like you said. So, like, yeah. for, we're talking to the Haitian government right now, and they oh, wow. got us out, and they're like, "Look, check out the um yeah. the metal art and the jewelry and." And um and their economic um development group hosted us when we were out there mm -hmm. and um and we're looking for we're basically looking for some some foundational um, funds to 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 start that office out in Haiti but um but so we're it's it's really um it's really a, a question of um, government support and um and how many artisans are in the region and how the logistics are in that region um, but early on um, Armenia who's my mother-in-law, one of our co-founders, she was, she was with the United Nations for so long. And she was with um, the human rights commission within the, U the UN. Mm -hmm. And so she helped, mm -hmm. it was really her, she spent her, her early career working with refugees around the world. And, um, and she had a lot of missions all over the place. And so when we started, she was really tight with the entire Brazilian diplomatic corps. So whenever she would okay. go to a country, she would start with the Brazilian ambassador. She would be like, okay, who's a Brazilian ambassador of, you know, India? And then and she went and she basically lives with her <laughs> for a while. You know, <laughs> and she's like, okay, you need to meet this person, this person in government. So really, we, we um, owe a lot to the Brazilian diplomatic corps um, for helping us get going. <laughs> and so, and so, and, and, and that was, that was really key is going in through, through government contacts and, um, and getting things opened up the way they need to get opened up and, and not expensive, basically. And what we do is just so powerful for the each of the countries we're in, you know, because we're mm -hmm. we're just we're helping them in terms of getting um, stories told and 
bringing in economic development into the country. And so they get it. They're like, okay, wow, this is cool. Even promoting tourism. Um, we just launched our, our um, Navica Journeys uh, section, which has like a thousand tours all over the world. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's really yeah. cool. And, and, and many of them go to the same countries where we're in. And so, and it's done through a partnership with Intrepid Travel. And um, yep. so, but, but buying something from um, Thailand, for example, you'll get the package from Thailand. It'll have a postcard signed by the artist or by someone in our office. And it's got story elements. And someone might say, well, this is pretty cool. I might want to go to Thailand someday. And so that's yeah. kind of the connection that, that we hope to, to provide. And we want to encourage people to travel and get out there and see the world if they can. You know, it's just, uh, it's, it's sometimes intimidating for someone to make that step. Yeah, it'll be such a big educational piece for for your life. You know, it's it's the greatest is traveling. (laughs) You know, you won't get a degree for it. You won't get a passing or a failing grade, but it will educate you on so many different levels. And I think that that's one thing that I hope everybody can do in their life is is try to really get out of their comfort zone and. And, and travel somewhere where, you know, they never thought they would go, right? But uh, just just take a leap and do it because it's, uh, it's such an amazing experience to to see other cultures and, and yeah. see how people live and, and just learn uh, about, you know, the world and, and even just how business is done. I mean, that's most of the people that I would say 95% of the people I've ever interviewed, which is over 500, probably 600 now, I would say 90%, they were inspired by travel to start oh man yeah you're you're preaching that is so true you know i mean it's, yeah, it's that is so true it's the key it unlocks inspiration like anything else you yeah. know that i've okay. ever experienced man i so believe that too that there's this tedx speak speech that i gave which is just exactly about that and it was like kind of modeled after how malcolm gladwell talked about how how when people have trauma in their lives mm-hmm. that, that there's a ton of people that are very successful that had a lot of trauma, you know, like, I, yeah. I, think, um, I don't know if he quoted, but someone quoted how st- a statistically significant percentage of, uh, of CEOs um, had childhood trauma, you know, where it's like r- bad stuff or, r- you know, the, the death of a parent or, you know, abuse or, you know, the house burned down or emergency kind of mm-hmm. stuff. They had this stuff happen to them. And, um, and either, so when that happens, either like someone goes into a, like a very dark place and, and depression and stuff, or there's a small group of people that then take that and it becomes like this, this driving force for them. And they, they not only survive the trauma, but they like then excel in life. And so then I, I was basically thinking that, you know what, that's kind of like travel. It's like a healthy way yeah. to create trauma. Cause it gets you out of your comfort zone. Like you were saying, it's like you're out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And like, it's like a, it's like a healthy trauma. Like, and so, so travel is one of those things where, you know, the more you travel, the more you see things from other perspectives, the more you test your own limits yourself. And, you know, especially. Well, and sometimes you don't necessarily yeah. have to live through trauma. If you could just see other people's trauma too. Yeah. That affects you. Yeah. In a way as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because um, you see, you you like take yourself out of your your routine and your reality, and you put yourself into someone else's shoes and, and see someone else's reality. That's like eye opening. So I think that I'll we can end on this is that you've had you know so much experience through you know global travel and, and uh, looking at the landscape of of how sort of economics are changing 
around the world and, and how, you know, technology and creativity and, and art have, you know, created new livelihoods for people, right, around the world. So I wanted to just maybe touch on some of the things you learned over the last, you know, 10, 15, 20 years of, you know, your experiences, all these different facets of, of what your life has been and just some of the, some of the, the tips you can give and maybe some of the lessons learned. Oh man, there's so much. I, I love that question. There's so much. That, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, things that, the things that come to mind are, you know, one thing is that when you're traveling, like the international language is the smile, mm, you know, and yeah, so, sure. and just smile, smiling and just being out there and being happy, you know, really does tra- internationally transmit, you know, positivity and, yeah. um, and always try to, when I'm going to a country where I don't speak the language, like I always try to learn some basic words and it goes a long way. Like I was just in Costa Rica and I was reading, I took my kids on the zip line thing there and we pulled up the reviews and the first review was this guy saying, he's like one star, this zip line company, the tour guides didn't speak good enough English. We couldn't understand anything they were saying. And I was just, it just really pissed me off. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you, so you're going to Costa Rica, which is a Spanish speaking country and you want them to speak perfect English so that you can understand what they're saying. And so it's just like, it's just crazy how some people think that everybody needs to speak English, you know? So yeah, for sure. um, right, and, right. And luckily for Americans, like a lot of the world does speak English. Right. And so mm-hmm, but like, mm-hmm. it makes such a difference when, when you try to learn a few words and um, whether it's like basic stuff like Sawadika or Sawadikrap in, in Thailand and, and like these basic things, you know, it's like basically goes a long way. So I would, I put that, I put smiling and learning a few words like on the list. <laughs> and then I think the other thing for any social entrepreneurs that are listening is that I think it's really hard for us as social entrepreneurs because not only do we have the uh, challenge of being an entrepreneur, which is already challenging, you know, it's mm-hmm. already a really tough challenge, you know, making you know, building something out of nothing. And then, then to be a social entrepreneur, it's taken that an, 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 to another level because then you have some stakeholder group that is reliant on you making it work, you know? And so right. I think it's really stressful for social entrepreneurs. And what I would say is really try to get balance in your life so that you are able to keep your sanity <laughs> and your relationships intact and everything else, you know, just like really work on balance. Um, because it is a stressful and sometimes lonely thing. And then also really try to surround yourself with people that are also mission aligned because in the heat of the battle, when people are in this, of the same mindset, it's so bonding and it's so helpful Mm -hmm. to have a team, you know, that you're working with, um, that's also mission aligned. It really does make a difference. Yeah, no, well said, my man. I mean, that is part, it's, it's such a, a true statement what you just said. Um, and it's, uh, it's social entrepreneurship is, uh, is a sort of lifelong, lifelong journey. I think that you have to be ready to take, um, because like you said, it's, it's hard to, to run a business just with no cause or impact behind it. Right. Just, you, you know, you running a bit, that's really, really hard to be sustainable and, and to keep that business alive. But when you also have an impact model behind it, where either your organization depends on you or, or other people or whatever, I think it it just uh, it, it elevates what's at stake a little bit. Yeah, uh, but it's also even more gratifying, right? When when you do when it does work. You know, there's one there's one last thing that I that I would also add to that, and that's getting um, being involved with groups that give you um, like peer groups. 
they give you um, yep. they give you an ability to to share kind of your concerns and thoughts and stuff like that you know your deeper your deeper st- you know like for me i've had the entrepreneurs organization and also ypo ypo has been so yep. great um as an organization for me because it's it's like your personal board of directors and you go in and and, and um and you can it's a, it's about business but it's also about other stuff and that kind of thing is really healthy um so hopefully people can find their their groups that's really important yeah can you explain what what ypo is for for people who who aren't familiar with it yeah and how it's yeah, so you there's with. there's two groups that are um loosely affiliated i guess and one of them is entrepreneurs organization it's eo and um it's groups of entrepreneurs they get together um and they're in cities all over the states all over the world really and um mm-hmm. so, and then they they get together and um there's uh what's called forum so they'll have a, a a monthly meeting and they'll they'll discuss kind of topics and it's like their personal board of directors and then there's ypo which is for um slightly bigger companies and um and it's also very um worldwide and and ypo i'm i'm really involved with right now it's just um it's been it's been a life-changing kind of organization for me it's, it's great I, I really recommend it wow I appreciate it, Roberto. I mean, I know that you're you're busy and and it's uh it's always tough. Uh, you know, sometimes the, during the week it's it's hectic, and I appreciate you you taking the time and sharing, you know, your story and, and sort of a little bit of your family story and, and the Novica story. I mean, it's uh it's pretty amazing, man. And I think a uh, hundred million is is obviously an immense an immense success, but I I think a billion is is a hundred percent doable. And I think you'll probably get there faster than you got to a hundred million, <laughs> you know? Oh, okay. So thanks I, I appreciate it, my man. Yeah. No, thanks for doing what you do. It's really great. It's you're spreading the word. It's, it's awesome stuff. Thank you so much. For-